gathered together from the cosmic reaches of the universe here in this great hall of justice. Superheroes have to be around other superheroes. You know what I mean? That's the Hall of Justice is more about them just commiserating about their powers and less about them like actually fighting crime. So what uh what is this place anyway? Is this some type of fancy DMV? Are you kidding? It's the Hall of Justice. Seth Everett is the best there is at what he does, bub. And what he does is the Hall of Justice podcast. Go, go, go with a smile. Welcome to another edition of the Hall of Justice. Yes, they're playing that music, and I'm taking the risk. If Spotify wants to yell at me again, I'll take the risk every time. Uh, it's a Star Wars podcast, so that's what we do. We play the Star Wars theme when we have a Star Wars podcast. Uh, this is episode 308, as we mentioned, and we are talking about the new miniseries that came out on Disney Plus just recently uh, called Tales of the Jedi. It's a animated miniseries from the people who make the clone wars and rebels and all the other uh, the bad batch and all these other animated shows now a lot of people are thinking wait a minute isn't andor the big thing well the rule on the hall of justice is you don't review a show until it's over uh, but then this is a loophole so we could squeeze in jc reifenberg our star wars insider he also owns the uh, and runs the the bar in, in Hollywood called the Scum and Villainy Cantina. And he has been with us since the beginning of this podcast, every time there's something Star Wars. And it just so happens that his appearances have been more frequent because they're doing more things. We welcome in my friend, I, who I've known, by the way, for 20 years. Now he's a big, fancy uh, video editor. He, he what, what did you edit? Clerks 3? Uh, I was the assist editor on Clerks 3. I'm working on a Susan Sarandon movie right now. I can't talk about. I'm doing, uh, yeah, and I do all the Hollywood Reporter video content. That's fantastic. And uh, you also work with uh, Kevin Smith, who's been on this podcast before. Uh, Clerks 3 is great. Great. Whatever you did for it, it's great. It's a great very, movie. Very little. Did you see there's a scum and villainy nod in it? Right when, spoilers, right when uh, Dante walks into Randall's hotel or uh, hospital room for the first time. Yeah. The TV in the corner of the hospital, there's a Scum and Villainy Cantina commercial playing. Oh, no way. I didn't notice that. Um, I had to go voice, see that. I'm the voice of, again, spoilers, if you haven't seen Clerks 3, uh, in the kind of like head case flashback scene where dante sees them wheel becky into the hospital yes he's on yes. his way out the voice on the pa system of the doctor is my is voice. you yeah. that's awesome wow Although now i have to rewatch that movie maybe i shouldn't say that out loud um but yeah <laughs> that's awesome well uh still you've come a long way from having to produce a little crappy video show called state of the yankees <laughs> where joe girardi wouldn't let us talk to him um 
it, it, you've come a long way and I, I'm, I'm so proud of your success. Uh, and I, I tell you that off the air all, all the time. Uh, Tales of the Jedi uh, is six episodes. And it was funny because when I saw it, I didn't know they were releasing them all at once. It's a very un Disney plus like thing to do. Uh, so I thought we would review Tales of the Jedi after Andor because I just figured by the time it's over uh, that that's when we would do it in December. Um, I thought having all of them at the ready instantly really helps the whole process, because while it's six mini episodes, it's really one animated film. That That's what it feels like. You're watching like a 90 minute animated film. And you just take a break to hit play next on 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 your app. That's really all it is, right? Yeah, I mean, uh, the it's funny you started with that. It um, I, I'll start with this: the animation on this on Tales of the Jedi is like jaw droppingly good. It's gorgeous. The yeah. the, the color and the uh, chosen camera angles, the lighting is. And and the way it sounds, it should have just been a like it could have been a feature film that you would see in a movie theater. That's how good. Despite the fact that it's animated, you would put that in a movie theater. And I think that that'd be as good as the last three movies. Yeah. Any it looks and sounds better than any Minions movie that's coming out, you know. Um, So. Wow. Shot at the Minions (laughs) from the Clerks three guy. Wow. Uh, But uh it is um i think the the reason i think it makes sense to do episodically the way they did it is uh and it's something you see in house of dragons now that i think it affects it is time jumps mm-hmm. i think the episodic nature of it lends its uh helps the jumps in time right because each it, episode is a specific moment in yeah, the, in the lives of these two characters yeah it takes place over you know, gosh, 20 years, something like that, 15, 15 years. So, right. It starts before episode one and it ends pretty much at the end of the prequel. Yeah. Um, the other thing, like the big arching thing that I took away from this was first off, you know, the team that did Clone Wars is not the same team that did rebels is not the same team that did bad batch because dave filoni was you know the the general of all of that stuff um and now he's doing ahsoka and clone wars and everything so he's kind of handed the reins off to his understudies as as these animated shows have gone on uh the interesting thing i saw about tales of the jedi is that he wrote every episode and he is the first the first four credits on these episodes are dave filoni george lucas dave filoni dave filoni yeah so this was this was like if you watch bad batch dave filoni has a single credit Hmm. which is like uh executive producer on these he has four up front and then a writing credit for every single episode so he was this was his baby like he was intimate well, supposedly he wrote it like on an airplane like he was he was traveling for mandalorian and he he had this idea and he and he pitched it to whoever the powers that be and I, what i imagine is it's two people it's it's two entities 
he has to go to Lucasfilm first, and then he has to go to Disney Plus and say, uh, you know, how how are you doing that? The difference now in a streaming service versus when he started Clone Wars is there's no television network that he has to negotiate this with, and it's you a know. streaming service, so it's content and any any content keeps subscribers they're, they're they're dying for this stuff as the prices of streaming services is now the 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 very popular thing to say everybody's talking about how the 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 prices of all these these services are going up and people are making choices and what disney plus does every month is give you a reason to keep it and i mean they, they put the spider-man just to go off on a tangent real quick they put the the MTV Spider-Man, I always call it Spider-Man, the new animated series. That's what the title was. And it's not new. It's 20 years Spider-Man old. Spider-Man, Doogie Howser days. Yeah, the, 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 uh, the right. When, Harris, right. Right. He, 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 he voices Peter, but it's in continuity with the Sam Raimi films. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, and Wilson Fisk was Daredevil. It was from the Ben Affleck Daredevil movie. Like it, it just came out. Spectacular Spider Man, which is Greg Weissman's baby, um, which has been much uh, praised for its uh, character development. They just put season one on on Disney Plus because the other seasons are still on Netflix. Like they're constantly coming up with things, not just new original content. And don't forget, they had She Hulk and they've had Moon Knight. Like. They've done so many things. So when we sit here and you talk about, you know, can you do an episode on on this little six episode miniseries? Disney Plus doesn't say no. It's it's uh, yeah, it's pretty cool. I loved how. I, I love that they didn't promote it like they didn't they were just like at D23. They were just like, hey, we did this thing. None of you know about it. And this is what it's about. Uh, so I love that it wasn't like a big thing we're looking forward to. Also, if you're Dave Filoni, can you do you walk into any room and expect to hear a no? Hey, I've got this little animated project I want to do. By the way, remember, I'm the one who made Disney Plus successful with my show, The Mandalorian. Right, right. You know, uh, he is uh, he's got to walk on water over there, I would think. You would think, and you know the reality of uh, you know where that's going with the technology now. I saw one thing online that still makes me laugh is if you had the chance because of the ability to uh, you know do the young Luke Skywalker and you know uh, alter Darth Vader's voice so that he sounds like he's in his prime and all these different things. Would you rewatch the solo movie if Harrison Ford was in it? It's a it's a great debate. It's a great debate. The solo movie, the fact it, it's not a knock on the actor that that played him. But if you had the chance to see young Harrison Ford go through the travails that Han Solo goes through in that movie, um, I think you'd be you'd, you'd be hard pressed. You'd, you'd check it out just from a curiosity standpoint alone. I would watch it for sure. I would watch it for sure. I don't know if it would change my opinion on the movie that much. I don't know. I but I want to experience that just to find out. I I want to know. It, it you know, it's just like listening to alternate recordings of songs that you love. Like yeah. I'd like to hear the ones that I wouldn't like, you know? Like let, yeah. let me let me try. I will um, say this. I talked to somebody about Solo on the street out front the bar on Thursday night and I hadn't thought about that movie in a long time. And they brought up a really good point. They said 
My biggest problem with Solo is that everything is given to Han Solo. He doesn't earn anything. He's right. given his name. He's given his gun. He's given his belt buckle. He's given his ship. He's given, he's given, he's given, he's given, he's given, he's given. And I was like, wow, that's, that's interesting. Yeah. My issue um, is uh, uh, Lando Calrissian fucks a robot. But other than that, <laughs> uh, we, we, we go into that. Um, you have read a lot of the uh, extended universe, a lot of the stuff that they kind of wiped out of canon. When the prequels come out, specifically when episode two came out, was Count Dooku a, a character that you knew a lot about? Was he an investigated uh, character? I, you know, I, I have my limits. You know, I watched Clone Wars when it was on uh, Cartoon Network. I, I'm, I would say I'm a above average fan, but you're the super fan. That's why you're, you're, you're on this show. Um, Dooku what did you know about Count Dooku? And, and was he a character that you had any interest in? He was invented for episode two. He, he does not predate anything else. And uh, the... I think the only character from the that that existed in the prequels that was pre that was anything else was the uh, blue Twilight Jedi Ala Secura came from the comic books. I remember and George that. loved it. I think everybody else is you know a wholly George Lucas invention for those things. There might be a, a little thing here or there, but that that's the general gist. Um, once the prequels came out, of course, there's books where Dooku, Cloak of Deception, or the Cestus Trap. I never read those books because okay. I was in college and I was too busy playing video games and being a madman. But um, uh, we had such a different college experience. <laughs> they uh, uh, they brought the like. I don't know if when clone wars came out and the disney thing if it wiped out a ton of count dooku backstory or not i don't think so like i have all the books count dooku is not on the cover of any of them you know um we got to see young uh qui-gon which i thought was really cool in the in the show yeah yeah and they don't reveal it they let you sit with it until yeah. kind of the end of the episode and i sat there and i swear i was just like wow he's looks exactly like a young he looks exactly and, and when he's young oh, no i thought he in, looked like luke right but when he's young uh qui-gon he's not uh liam neeson and when he's older qui-gon from the prequel era uh he's liam neeson is and it i i didn't that, look that's a pretty it. remarkable uh, uh thing I had seen uh, a promo for it. Mm -hmm. I think it was on Disney Plus if, or, or YouTube. Um, I had seen a promo, so I knew it was coming, and I thought it was funny how they had that reveal. Uh, and because I said, "Oh, they're toying with you because you know it's it's Qui Gon because Qui Gon was the apprentice of Dooku." Um, that was that was uh, pretty pretty wild. Uh, I do want to go episode by episode, but I, I do have a quick nitpicky thing. Um, Yaddle um the, who was in the prequels she's the girl species of whatever uh yoda is or grogu's grogu. what grogu's mom grogu's right could be grogu's mom uh whoever it is uh she's voiced by bryce dallas howard but doesn't speak in yoda speak 
And the only reason why I thought that was interesting is Mark, Luke Skywalker in the Boba Fett show asks Grogu, have you ever heard about people who speak in riddles? You know, do you, do you, do you, you know, he described Yoda's uh, speech pattern. Um, I would have been consistent. I, I thought you should have been consistent with that species unless Yoda was that that was Yoda's thing and not the species thing. Well, and, but, you know, but why Luke, did you open that can of worms? Well, Luke never would have been, you know, Luke only knew Yoda, Yoda and Kenobi. Right. He didn't know anybody else. He didn't know anybody better. So from Luke's perspective, they all probably talked like that because he did. Which is which is the fans' perspective mm-hmm. until so, this show. So I I didn't I didn't bump against that because I thought Bryce did a nice job hitting the uh, raspy, gravelly tone, which okay. I think would be consistent with the biology of the species. Um, I was curious to see if they were going to do it, but when they yeah. didn't, I didn't. It didn't, it didn't rub me. Okay. <laughs> uh, I, and I thought she did a great job. I, I actually, when I heard that she they was were brilliant. Like, and she, by the way, she's directed episodes of the star Wars shows on Disney plus. Mm-hmm. So yeah, she's and, connected to all of this. It's not, yeah. they didn't just pick her out of literally nowhere. And she's directed some of the best episodes. Correct. She's the one, the, the, the gear shift knob. Grogu's gear shit. Uh, That's her. Love. Yeah, that comes from Bryce Dallas Howard's episode. I mean, the she is the one in episode four, I think, of the Mandalorian that really uh, sold you on the fact that that this is a father son relationship. Uh, so she's awesome. I thought she did a great job here. I rolled my eyes when I'm like, Yaddle's back. Like, come on. Uh, and it totally, to me, I was like, oh, this makes sense. I'll roll with this. This is why she's not on the Jedi council anymore. Like it was fun. It worked. No, it does. It it does work. Um, before we do episode by episode, we mentioned Bryce Dallas Howard and Liam Neeson, uh, Michael, uh, Richardson, uh, plays young Qui-Gon, Um, But it's a who's who from the voice uh, world. And if you've listened to this podcast, you know, we love voice actors. So some of these people have been on this show. And uh, Corey Burton voices Count Dooku. Uh, Corey Burton's an animation icon. He's Uh, also the voice of Cad Bane and the voice of Cad Bane in the Mando. In the in the show, in the Boba Fett show. Um, Ashley Eckstein uh, voices Ahsoka. That was from the Clone Wars. She did that. Uh, she is also the spouse of former uh, Anaheim Angels shortstop David Eckstein. And um, 2006 World Series MVP David Eckstein. Yes. The, the who's who of, of voice people. Um, Matt Lanter returns as Anakin Skywalker. He had voiced him in the Clone Wars. Uh, Phil Lamar played Bail Organa. Um, of course, Leia's father, Phil Lamar, a, a frequent guest on this this podcast. Uh, Josh Keaton plays the senator's son. Um, Theo Rossi, who uh, from Marvel's Luke Page, uh, Vanessa Marshall's in this. Um, I mean, it's it's truly a who's who 
of uh, Clancy Brown is in this. Uh, D. Bradley Baker plays Captain Rex. He's in the uh, the uh, Bad Batch as every character in the in the show. Um, it's just a real uh, great uh, group. Uh, James Arnold Taylor plays Obi Wan Kenobi. I mean, it's a it's a who's who of voice guests, and for somebody who really enjoys voice acting. Um, they went with a lot of voice people, not, you know, television stars and movie stars that just have just bring name recognition. Like you clearly see here, the art is the focus that and that's the point. It's a long way to get to a point of you can see where the the folk you can see when voice casting is about the art, not the name. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. No yeah, offense, and, but Jerry O'Connell as Superman was because it's Jerry O'Connell, not because <laughs> he's the perfect Superman. Like that—that's—that's that's the example um, that, that that we have here. All right, let's do the uh, the episodes, um, and the the way the storytelling starts. Um, it's it's intertwined. There are three episodes about Ahsoka Tano and three episodes about uh, then Jedi Master uh, Dooku, uh, and it's told. One Ahsoka, two, three, four, Dooku, and then five, six, Ahsoka. Um, before we go episode by episode, I have one last question. I think, you know how long it takes to turn around animation? Mm-hmm. I think yeah, Dave, Filoni, Dave Filoni wrote this not anticipating the Ahsoka show. I think that this is Ahsoka overkill. But they had committed to making this before the, the show got greenlit. So now there's an Ahsoka Tano show with Rosario Dawson, but they wrote this before they had known that. This was Dave Filoni's way to bring more Ahsoka stories, but even though we're about to get inundated with Ahsoka stories. I don't know. I'm going to do some digging. I know some people who worked on this. I'm going to do some digging to see if that's correct or if this is a way to put Ahsoka out there before launching an entire Ahsoka-led series. Okay. It's one of them. It's one of those two. Yeah. Uh, it's uh, a, again, it's a, it's an educated theory. It's just, you, you know, when they, you know, when they do animation, you know, the, the, the best example of that, I'll probably take this out of the podcast just because we're going on tangents galore. Um, there's an animated uh, movie, a DC animated movie called Justice League Dark Apocalypse War. It is literally, it feels like Endgame. Like it mm. feels just like Endgame. And I thought it was an homage. Like it, it, you know, that that's what you thought it was. And it turns out that Apocalypse War was written over a year before Endgame came out. Yeah. You know yeah, what I mean? Well, so it came out after Endgame, but we, you know, we covered that on the podcast. Like the, I, the fact that that movie, it takes all the emotion of Endgame and it's not a copy. You know, like you mm-hmm. see it after you saw Endgame, so you feel it all again. It's amazing. Superman is, is tortured. Batman is tortured like it's it's a incredibly dark movie and they go through hell like Marvel's characters do like it's 
it's so and then there's this be all to end all fight at the end and it's just like endgame and you're like wow you know yeah the um i I don't know what the lead time on it'd be a year 18 months minimum probably right to get this this show it it doesn't go when you announce ahsoka it's when they greenlit ahsoka yeah we don't have to know right all right, so it starts as uh, infant Ahsoka Tano is uh, uh, she's a she's a baby, you know, and they go through this uh, this hunting trip, and Ahsoka gets kidnapped, and I'm not doing it just justice. It's a gorgeous story, and the bottom line is you learn that she is a Jedi, that she should be trained, and that her whole life is going to change because she has gifts that the other uh people of that species and on that planet don't have yeah uh togruta is you get a little taste of of the togruta world life society in it or at least her tribe uh of right her her tribe you know again it's different species it's different what i love about star wars is they you know nothing's assumed you know what I mean? You don't assume that they live the same life that other people on other planets uh, live. Um, I thought it was it was it was cute. The one question I had about that episode is, um, what is too young to develop relationships? I was thinking about that the entire time. Yeah. Is She's is very close to her mom? Yeah. Was that you know how? I, where are we at with the attachment issue? And I think it's probably okay. She's probably small enough that she wouldn't remember her parents at that point, uh, right. keeping with Jedi tradition. I um, This was the one episode in the whole series where I was like, ah, it didn't okay. do much for me. All right. It I was like, I guess if you're, you know, in Ahsoka Stan, which is the kid's way of saying super fan, uh if you're an ahsoka stan uh it's it's awesome to see baby ahsoka and where she comes from and her birth and the whole thing but like i it's it's exposition i just wonder if you if you see more of that in the upcoming ahsoka series and because i don't think the ahsoka series is just another chapter in mandalorian spinoffs like I think Ahsoka's story is going to have something to do with her life, and I do think there'll be some kind of flashbacks, and that's why I that's why it, that's why it made me think that they wrote this before they had known they were going to have eight if, to ten episodes of an Ahsoka story to tell. If it ties into that, I I will rescind my comments. Yeah. At that time when we do that podcast, that would but be amazing. <laughs> right. As of right now, that those. 15 minutes or 12 minutes of of baby ahsoka doesn't impact the galaxy in totally. any way shape or form the way Except that you find out that she's a jedi yeah but you knew she was a jedi from the moment you saw her correct. in the first episode of clone wars correct so like it didn't do anything for me the way that kind of getting the backstory of dooku and and the things right. we see in the next five episodes actually impacted the way that everything that we've seen before can be viewed like it changes the angle it changes the lens through which you watch those other things well i'm not gonna lie to you uh, the the three dooku episodes to me are much better than the three ahsoka episodes 
that's not to say the Ahsoka episodes are better. It's just, like I said, we're learning more about somebody that I, I know a lot about. Already. The Dooku episodes were brand new. And that brings us to episode two, which is entitled Justice. And it's the first introduction to Jedi Master Dooku and his Padawan Qui-Gon Jinn. I mean, you are literally just, it's Easter eggs galore. And you're telling a story. Like the fact that it's Qui-Gon Jinn and everybody knows what his future is like. It's, it's a prequel to a prequel. It's, um, and I had taken a note that I would say this later on when we're talking about episode five, but I'm going to say it now. Dave Filoni is, there is nobody better than Dave Filoni at looking at something that exists, a canon that exists and, uh, and adding highlights and texture and shading and shadows to it. So you, you know, you're watching the prequels and it's Obi or Qui-Gon in all of episode one is, oh, Obi-Wan, be in tune with the living force, be in tune with this, like, you know, Master Qui-Gon, if you just paid attention, you'd be on the council. Master Qui-Gon, if you just played by the rules, we get, we know why, where the seed was planted now. Yeah, totally. Or the reason why Qui-Gon doesn't play by the rules, the reason why he is maybe the best Jedi that ever was. Maybe. Despite the fact that it was short-lived. It was, it... I thought that was neat. But it you're was seeing neat. into his world where you, you could have gone your whole life and never seen it. Yeah. Yeah. That's yeah. It's very cool. Uh, it's amazing. And it's, a, it, 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 again, the plot is, is very simple. Um, they're sent to retrieve uh, uh, the kidnapped son of a senator, but then they find out that the senator is, is abusing his people. And that's what led to the kidnapping. And, you know, there's a change in sides and Dooku uh intervenes and starts to be a little bit more forceful and Qui-Gon kind of looks the other way yeah episode one Star Wars episode one the Phantom Menace is a better movie after watching watching this yeah yeah totally totally that's that's a great point uh episode three uh goes forward and now you're in a position where uh uh Dooku's a Jedi master and uh, he's with Mace Windu uh, in this episode and, and in the uh, uh, and in the Clone Wars uh, Mace Windu played by T.C. Car- Carson of uh, Living Single and has been Mace Windu in various Star Wars video games and other things as, as well um, tell me about episode three I don't need to read the plot reviews. Like the, 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 you know what? people saw it if you're listening to this podcast. Episode three, I again like until I saw episode four and it kind of contextualized what I was watching in episode two and three. As I was watching it, I was like, I don't quite get it. You know, I didn't quite get what they were doing with it. Um, I will say the biggest my biggest takeaway from episode three is how much I don't like uh mace windu because he is throughout everything you see him in the most arrogant like he's more arrogant than darth vader throughout every time you see him it's wild like you could probably 
pin the downfall of the Jedi Order on Mace Windu and his treatment of the people around him. Interesting. I just, I don't, and I, like, he's a cool character, but It'd he's... Be interesting if they ever investigate the life and times of Mace Windu. Again, with the technology that you have, Samuel Jackson's been in all the Marvel things. Like, could you, would he revisit that character either in animation or live action? It would be interesting. I'd like to see, you know, we're getting some texture on like why Dooku is the way he is, why Qui-Gon is the way he is. Right. We've gotten a lot of it on all these different characters. Why is Mace Windu such a prick? Yeah. That's a great question. You know, like make him sympathetic in some way or don't. Maybe that's just who he is. But right. then if that is who he is. I'd like to see how he became essentially the the Palpatine of the Jedi Order, you know? Right. Um, he's just so, uh, he's not malleable at all as a character. He's so dogmatic that like, you know, even Yoda learns as they go. Mace Windu is just rigid as a board until he's thrown out a window i hadn't thought of that but after you know as as is the case every time we do a podcast on star wars i rewatch whatever we covered because uh you bring a lot that that's what you bring to the show um episode four is literally coinciding with the phantom menace um qui-gon voiced by liam neeson uh tells the high council about his fight with Darth Maul on Tatooine. Like, think about that. Think about what you, that, that is. That's something you saw in 1999. And Dooku warns him that the council, uh, you know, w- won't really take him seriously. And then they fast forward a little bit and Qui-Gon dies. And it's the finale of uh, the end of Phantom Menace. And that's where you're introduced to Yaddle, who discovers that uh, Dooku has been collaborating with uh, Darth Sidious, who you know as the Emperor. It, like all of this comes, but it completely advances the story. It's the perfect bridge from Episode One to Episode Two. Yeah, and it's uh, the stuff that I loved again, like uh, Dooku looking at the tree on Coruscant and being like, "Qui Gon was born on Coruscant. He was raised on Coruscant. He comes from." steel and concrete and this tree fascinated him and it, it, in the expanded universe in the kind of canon of that time Qui-Gon was in more in tune with the living force than any other Jedi yeah and so it was cool to connect that even if that's not canon anymore it was cool to connect that to his character through uh, Dooku admiring the tree in the way that his former Padawan did. Yeah. Uh, I thought that was really it's neat. Just brilliant. It's just Star Wars and brilliance. I also thought it was cool, and you see it in that entire line of 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 you know Yoda to Dooku. There's no attachment, right? Yoda doesn't have a f- family bond with Dooku. But Dooku definitely does to Qui-Gon. And you you get to see how what happens with Qui-Gon pushes Dooku towards the dark side. Yeah, yeah. And then lose faith. Oh, that's so you interesting. You get to see how 
the bond that Qui-Gon has with Dooku affects Qui-Gon's bond with Obi-Wan. And then you get to see how Qui-Gon's bond with Obi-Wan affects Qui-Gon's bond with Vader, which ultimately leads to what Star Wars is all about, which is Luke's attachment to Vader is what saves the galaxy. Yeah. And that starts in this episode with Dooku and Qui-Gon. It's great. It's absolutely great. great. It's great. The Yaddle stuff, we talked a lot. Uh, you know, again, my only question is how she speaks, but we we, we covered that. Uh, and then Dooku kills her. Uh, and it's, he's full-on Count Dooku. And you can see how you get from the end of episode four of this show to uh, episode two of the films. Like, you, you just, you see exactly that 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 move. Um, all six episodes are in timeline order, correct? Yes. Uh, of each other. They're in oh. chronological order. That's how the order came about. Uh, because now when you get to episode five, you go back to the Ahsoka story, but everything from the Count Dooku part yeah. has happened. So and Dooku has been revealed as a Sith, and that's all part of it. Now, it's not it's, part of the plot of the, of episode five, but it's chronological order that four it, takes place before five. I don't think so. I think episode one probably takes place after because Ahsoka when she goes to the in in Clone Wars which would be post episode two would have to be after Qui-Gon like Ahsoka is much younger than Qui-Gon right so episode one of this series would have to happen probably around the time that Qui-Gon dies you know what I'm saying? Like the Ahsoka being born would happen probably concurrently with when Qui-Gon dies in episode four of this. And it's not um, a continuity flaw because they never said that this was a, a, a continuous story. It's right. six episodes that are tales that are, you know, picked out of timelines. Um, so. The but other it, thing, So you're saying thing. that episode one, so episodes two and three happen before, before one in the Star Wars time. Yeah. Interesting. Okay. Um, the the other last two things I want to say about episode four of this series that were great. The music in oh. episode four was astounding. Spot on. Spot on. Um, and the Emperor or Sidious or Palpatine or whatever you want to call him in episode four of this show, you can see him puppeting Dooku. You can see like... He has a line where he goes, or Dooku says something about, uh, uh, you know, Qui-Gon, you went too far with Maul. Qui-Gon could have been a powerful ally. And the Emperor goes, for you, perhaps. Oh, like, looking oh. at it, knowing the rule of two, knowing that if Dooku <laughs> and Qui-Gon were able to rebel against the Jedi Order together, it would threaten his, his his plans yeah. you know and in the way that he says that line makes you think that his directive to maul was get rid of the old guy but if you have to the younger obi-wan guy i've got plans for him later like oh. it's it's Amazing. it's tiny it's 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 two lines of dialogue but it's great it's thought out 
Uh, it's amazing. Uh, absolutely amazing. Um, is there anything else? I, okay. My, my, my only other takeaway from my notes, um, you know, Anakin, uh, goes through this, this, uh, exercise with Ahsoka. Um, I, I read online. I didn't really notice. This, this is episode five. No, episode but... five. Right. Um, that, uh, Anakin's, uh, you know, going through it. It's cool to see the old band back together again. That's kind of the sentiment that they had in the Obi-Wan Kenobi show when uh, Obi-Wan and Anakin are sparring. You know what I mean? Like, it's just, yeah, it's, just, it's playing the hits. It's going back. And again, if the timeline is what the timeline is, this this saga was written before the Obi-Wan show, before the Ahsoka. Show. Like, I, it just seems like um, this was exactly the idea. And the vibe you get from that feeling is what they tried to do in the Obi-Wan show. So I'm, I'm, I saw something else different in that episode and I'm going to look it up right now, but I believe that Dave Filoni is a, I know he's a giant Pittsburgh Steelers fan. I also believe he loves the hockey team, the Penguins. Okay. I haven't confirmed that, but I think he loves, he loves Pittsburgh sports second sports reference in this and but what i saw in this scene is the scene uh where kurt russell in miracle almost shot for shot again when he goes again again again, until they're puking yeah and (laughs) you know and that's the thing that that yeah brings that team together and it was cool for me the payoff at the end of episode five because i remember watching uh i think it was clone wars where ahsoka takes on eight billion clone troopers and kind of going okay ahsoka's superman now like that's what we're gonna do and there must have been enough of those whispers that caught Dave Filoni's ear that he went back and he was like, no, this is why Ahsoka knew how to beat the clones because she practiced it her whole life because of Anakin. Uh, I thought that was wonderful. Like, yes, it's getting the band back together. It's fun. It's another glimpse at the thing that we loved and we grew up with. But to me, to anchor it in the idea that, hey, People criticized me because Ahsoka and Rex defeated 10,000 clones on that ship while it was going down five years ago, four years ago when that came out. I'm going to, I'm going to, I hate to use the word retcon, but it's like, this is why she was able to do that. And I had that in my head the entire time. You guys just didn't know it. And you jump to a conclusion and here's why it works. Uh, I, I really, uh, I really liked that. And I feel like Dave has been adding content, context to George Lucas's stuff his whole career. And it was fun to watch him add context. He's been around long enough now that he can go back and add context to the things that he's done that may have rubbed people the wrong way to make the stuff he's done better, not just making the stuff that other people have done better. 
Mm. I, I thought it was really cool. That's fascinating. Absolutely fascinating. Uh, finally, uh, episode six called uh, Resolve. Resolve. Uh, it literally coincides not only with episode three, Revenge of the Sith, uh, but it's also the, the 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 new finale of Clone Wars um, that they brought in uh, last year. We, we covered that uh, last year. Uh, Padme dies and you see her funeral. Um, did you know that was her right away? Uh, yes. By the way, I I kind of did too. I just wondered if, if that was being held back in any way and then revealed that it's her quickly. I don't know if you use video ever for this podcast, but here is a photo of Dave Filoni in Pittsburgh penguin, star Wars themed goalie attire. Do you think he hasn't seen miracle? Uh, episode six. I had one comment on episode six. Okay. That's what Kenobi should have been. That's what Kenobi should have been. You you got such a lame fight with fire between Kenobi and and Vader in episode three of that. You mean you want the Kenobi series to take place there? No, I just I wish the Kenobi series was tonally and uh, cinematography lighting all of that what we got in episode six of this if 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 it were me doing it i would have taken ahsoka to me was kenobi in this Mm -hmm. and the inquisitor was vader now obviously it should have been a better fight if it was kenobi vader but the setting it in a bonfire of a town and, oh, and, and the whole place is on fire and it's, and it's gorgeous ahsoka saves the guy that turned her in yep. you know like and making that the turning point where she realizes like i gotta get back in this fight and and doing the same thing for ben kenobi like that's what kenobi should have been well and it sets you up uh for rebels you know what I mean? Because it 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 gets a, it 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 makes you wonder where Ahsoka went at the end of Clone Wars, and then she appears in Rebels. What my advice to anybody who sees Episode Six is go rewatch Rebels, because yeah. now connect those dots. It people assume that they're setting it up for the Rosario Dawson show. It's not. The Rosario Dawson show is so much later. Yeah, this is is Star Wars Rebels. Which, if you remember, takes place right before Mandalore. Uh, Yeah, it's uh, genius. It was really good. It was really really good. good. The whole show is really good. When I I like it better after having this conversation. When I saw the first episode and everybody was like Tales of the Jedi, nine out of ten, like my expectations because i watched it five days after it came out instead of the night of were set unusually high and people who i've seen who don't even who are like shitting on star wars as often as they like it said it was wonderful and i was like well this i mean it's (laughs) got to be wonderful if everybody likes it and I, I'll tell you, I watched the first episode. I've watched the first two episodes. And I was like, why do people like this? And then you get to the end and you're like, oh. Oh, my God. I want to watch it. Oh, again. well, of course. Yeah. Um, 
one uh, one footnote: Kevin Kiner uh, composed the music for this series after doing so in both the Clone Wars and Rebels. There is an original soundtrack, apparently. Oh, it's so good. Oh, it's so the good. music is so good. The whole show is just the, uh, good. The music um, episode four just was. He took he like must have listened to what happened. It's the immola uh, the. Padme's ruminations. It's the scene when Anakin is standing in the Jedi Council room and Padme is standing in her apartment. He must have listened to that and then used that as inspiration for this entire episode. Uh, all of episode four. It was That's so, remarkable. So uh, the whole thing is remarkable. Um, I'll tell you what, uh, let's put a you know, when we when we talk when we talked about this podcast, uh, we were gonna touch on Andor. Uh I say we put a pin in that. Save all the Andor stuff. Yeah, yeah, we'll, yeah. We'll, we'll go talk. off on a tangent. We won't. We'll never get out of here. Yeah. I agree. Um, in three weeks. In three weeks. If you're listening to this episode, uh, as it as it's released in three weeks, uh, we are going to have JC back. Andor will have ended. Uh, the way we're going to do it here on the podcast next week, we have a special treat. Uh, we're going to talk about the Sandman, which has been out on Netflix for a while, but I just saw it. Um. And then we're going to talk about Black Panther, uh, Wakanda forever. And then JC is coming back. And that's Thanksgiving week on the podcast uh, to discuss Andor, which we both just love. love. But if we start, if we start, we never finished it. I have, I have one thing to end the podcast on. Please do. Uh, October 30th, 2012. I was on an airplane on my way to Miami, Florida, uh, to hang out with some friends. But that's and exactly that, 10 years from the day we're recording this. Exactly 10 years from the day we were recording this. It was the day that the news broke that Disney bought Lucasfilm. <laughs> and this is, I, I was getting bombarded with text messages and emails it's that ruined, day. right? All the texts were, it's ruined, this is over. And this is what, this is what I posted. So just for posterity, 10 years ago today, this is what I posted about the acquisition of Lucasfilm from Disney. And I think there's some really good points in here. And I think that I was dead wrong about a, a handful of things as well. But I think the <laughs> tone of what I was getting at was important, which is, I'm just going to read it. it. says, so I've gotten like 300 texts about the, the Disney buying Lucasfilm limited news. My thoughts. I don't see how it changes things. The Star Wars that we love is still there. It happened. It has existed in time for the last 35 years. Nothing can ever change that or take it away unless you as a fan let it. Will things change? Probably. But in 31 years of my life, change has rarely been bad. So look forward to all the exciting possibilities to enjoy something you love or used to love. Bottom line is, Star Wars, as it has been, will not change. Your memories should not change and will not unless you let them. All the bitching and griping, though, from the fans is tiring, and it makes it hard for me to associate with Star Wars fans like I once did. It's been going on since 1999, and it's tired and old. Enjoy the parts you like for what they are and ignore the parts you don't. It's not your movie or your choice to make. The choice you have is how you let it affect you. 
No part of this is life or death or puts your family or friends in harm's way. Bottom line is we're all going to live, whether it affects you for the better or the worse is your choice. I choose to be optimistic. <laughs> and what a crazy 10 years it's been. And back then, they all, remember, now. all they wanted was movies. Yeah. At the end, it was streaming services were barely started. I, I don't I don't even know if Netflix had started streaming at that point. Yeah, I don't think so. It's wow. crazy. It's amazing. It's been an amazing run. And the fact that Star Wars is a franchise that is vibrant and debatable and discussable. And every year you look forward to what's coming and you don't spend too much time. I, I don't know about you. I don't have time to rewatch Mandalorian. There's all this new stuff coming and yep. it, 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 it stays with you. And it's not like the prequels. I remember I knew you were during the prequels. Mm -hmm. Episode two came out and we watched it 17 times before episode three because yeah. you were jonesing for stuff. Uh, it's it's amazing. amazing. I will say this. I've never re I've never rewatched any of the new Star Wars stuff since Force Awakens, except I've watched every single thing one time except Andor and Rogue One. On that note, let's wrap this up. Uh, you can follow JC on social media. We'll put all of his uh, his uh, Twitter stuff on, on the uh, in the show notes. And uh, go to the Scum and Villainy Cantina when you go to uh, Hollywood, California. We will see you in three weeks. Three weeks for Andor. And this conversation continued right here on the Hall of Justice. JC, thanks so much as always. We'll see you soon. Sounds good. Can't wait for the three-hour Andor review. He's kidding. He's kidding. He's kidding. But that review is coming in a couple of weeks. Next week, we're going over The Sandman. So if you haven't seen it yet, make sure you binge that. Then it's Black Panther Wakanda Forever. We'll talk about that big blockbuster movie. And then JC will be back and we'll do the Andor series, which has been something else. It's a very good time to be involved in Star Wars. We'll see you next week for Sandman next.